This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. A lot of questions came in. All right, fire away. You have a microphone? Um, okay, to be last, what can a person do if currently they cannot pinpoint what, the, what that thing is that gives them a sense of sipak and they want to try to figure out what it is? So first of all, if a person, I would say like this, I think the easiest way to, to focus on this is figure out what you have going on at home, meaning your family should give you sipak. If a person doesn't have like that whole thing set up yet in their life, then look at a talent that you might have or a need that the that you perceive that the world has. I get I get people who call me or email me all the time that either they're looking for something or they have a great idea how I can do something that, that like in my life for for like the world. And I'm like, yeah, that's a really great idea. Like, why don't you do? Oh no, no, this is this is your thing. I'm like, thank you. I I'm taken. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm okay. I think maybe you should focus on on what you can lend to the world. No, I have a great, great idea. It's a great idea. So go do it. Like, it doesn't have to be me. It could be you as well. I think that people, if you look around at what the world needs, you know, the the classic organizations or the classic chesed things that are out there is a good way to start. But I do think that like, it's it's like a Sherish Hanashama thing that every person will find a calling in, in a different area. Um, I, I had somebody I was talking to about this, this exact question. How do I know that I find my calling? And I said, what are you good at? And he's like, I'm very good at like taking Bahram that are like struggling and like building them up and like, you know, really turning them into like enjoying how to like learn. I said, so that is incredible. That for you is a calling. Like if I said to you, there's, there's 50 yeshivas in, in five miles from here that need that exact expertise. Why don't you start calling those yeshivas? And asking them to to come in there and learn with some of the Bahram. Like you literally can feel alive every single day with something that's meaningful to you. That is probably not meaningful to 80% of people. You know what I'm saying? But if for this person, this is what would make him feel alive. So why are you sitting at home looking at the wall saying, I don't know what to do? Figure out what is what 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 is calling you? What is calling you? Whatever that thing that's calling you is, try to find it and throw yourself into it. And there's usually somebody on the other end that's like, thank you, because we need this. Usually, you know what I'm saying? There's usually somebody that's like, thank you. I really need this. You play music, there's hospitals filled with people. You can go there and set up and say, I would like to play you a song. And they'll be very happy. And you can do that every single day. You know what I'm saying? You like visiting people, you like schmoozing with people. There's so many people that would appreciate if you called them up and said, I'd like to come to you every Shabbos and just wish you a good Shabbos and talk to you for five minutes. There's so many needy people in the world. Those needy people need somebody to fill that need. And you have a talent, you have a skill, and it doesn't have to be that you can juggle fire. You know what I'm saying? It can literally just be that you're like a social person and you just have like a drive to connect to people and and, and to be there for them. That's really all it takes. And if that's not your thing, so find something that somebody else is doing and start with there. I also find, I'll just throw, throw this out, I think it's important, that platforms in life will present itself if you put yourself into the right circumstances. Meaning I could see in my own life, like where I am right now, based on this happening and this happening and this happening. And if one of those steps wouldn't have happened, it was almost like Hashem saying, this is the path in your life that I want you to take. Whereas if I wouldn't have done step one, step two wouldn't have been there. So yeah, a lot of times people look at somebody who's doing something that they could, they almost want that success, quote unquote, like you want to like, 
But I wish I found the Chaya Lifeline. Okay, fine, but it's, that's taken already, right? But if you get yourself into the world of something, then oftentimes something else within that world will open itself up to you. You know what I'm saying? You want that success, but that person had to work their way to get to the point where you're now looking up at them. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. All right, someone asked, there are times I get spiritual, theoretically, and I want to do a certain segula. I go ahead and set goals for a specific time or time frame. Like, I'll say to Helen for a week, but then when the night's over, I realize I didn't do it. Um, like, how do you get the push and a drive? Like, how do you... What do you keep, how do you keep it going? So I think that if, if a person is doing something where there, there's a very big uphill battle... I don't think that that's a place for a person to start. And I, I'm not trying to discourage this person from saying to Helen. I think everybody should say to Helen. But if a person is is trying to become someone else, then they're going to struggle a lot more than if they're trying to become themselves. If a person's saying to Helen, because that's what you read in a book about somebody, and you're like, therefore, that's greatness, then that's that's great. But if you read a different book about somebody else who did something totally different, who never opened it to Helen in their life, then and that inspires you and that's really your calling then why don't you follow that calling the thing that's actually your greatness we we're, a lot of times we're we're trying to like we're trying to emulate something else or somebody else that that's not the way it's supposed to be you're supposed to become you so if a person is saying that i tried something and it's just falling flat i'm not feeling very rewarding from it because getting up in the morning and saying to them is just not working for you Again, I'm not trying to discourage anybody from saying to Helen. The four days that she said to Helen is, is amazing. But if it's just not you and you're like, oh, I gotta say to Helen again. If that's not your thing, so find something that is. There's so many things out there that is. I, I'll, I'll say the story. I don't know if I ever said the story. Um, a very vulnerable story, but I'll say it anyways. In the beginning, Torah anytime approached me to give classes. I was giving some shiurim and they just put down a camera and I was giving shiurim and it was just miraculously on Torah anytime. And then they said, by the way, if you want to upload your own stuff, here's a camera and the gear and they gave us everything. And they said, you could, you know, go ahead and knock yourself out. Like, just give classes and we'll post it for you. All right. So I was like, this is a very amazing organization. Just by like putting a class online, you get hundreds or thousands of views. Wonderful. I went to, I went to a base medrash. I set up the camera, like the whole thing had like a lapel mic. We didn't have such fancy stuff back in those days. This is all Torah anytime, by the way. They provided everything that you see here. There's a lot on the back end. There's even more that we have that doesn't come out on every share, just in case. Okay. So they gave, they give all this equipment. It's all from them. Okay. Now I went to this base medrash and I prepared like four classes. And I was like, I'm going to give these classes as if like I'm speaking to like a whole audience. And that's it. And I said, love it. And I went to this base medrash and, and I gave like four classes, like most, like impassionate classes, like in my mind at that time that I could ever give. And I came back and I said to my wife, like, here, I want, like, let's put in this SD card into the computer. Like, I want you to watch these four classes and give me like your criticism. Cause I, I, I appreciate like somebody else's perspective. I think she's very wise. I said, go ahead, give me your perspective. My wife, like I turned it on and I was like, so proud, so proud of these classes and the classes start. And I, I look at my wife and she's like, <laughs> and I was like, What's what's the matter? You don't like what I'm saying? And she's like, like she's watching it like the most painful video ever. <laughs> and I was like, I guess I'm not uploading this one. She's like, show me the next one. Like I listen to it and she's like, and I was like, I don't understand. Like what's 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 wrong with the classes? Like I feel like these are so good. 
And she's like, this is not Ruby Epstein. This is somebody else. And I was like, what does that mean? She's like, I don't know. It's not you. Somebody else. You're speaking, but there's somebody, it's somebody else. It's not your authentic you. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's right. A lot of times, like we're we're trying to become someone else that we have that vision of. So saying to him gives that person amazing and they have a kayak of tefillah and tzidkis. So I'm going to do that. But maybe that's not your calling. Maybe your calling is to be dancing with like, like, like a terminal patient and give that patient a smile. And that's your godless. That godless can be greater than the person who's saying to him all day. You're taking like Hashem's daughter who's like slowly life is leaving her and you're like, give you a little oomph, a little simcha, a little something. That's greatness. That's amazing. A lot of times we, we, we latch on to what other people do. A lot, a lot of times we, we emulate ourselves after other people, which is very good. But like their footprint only leads you a part of the journey. At a certain point, you have to deviate off and find your own calling and your own thing and your own thing that gives you life. And if for this person it didn't work, I don't think it's a reason to give up. I think it's a reason to pivot and say, yes, that was what I thought I was going to go in that direction. I thought I was going to become a Rebetzin, put on the babushka and sit at home and people are going to come to me and I'm going to give them brachot and say bua. I thought that was going to be who I was going to become, but maybe that's not me. Maybe I'm just a different lady. I have to like find who I am. That's all I'm saying. Does that make sense? Yeah, go ahead. If anybody here wants to say anything, by the way, there's a microphone in the middle. Don't all clamor for it at once. Like, uh, okay. Um, somebody asked, it's specific, but how do you stay motivated to finish college when you're so not excited about it and just want to get on with life to do more obviously meaningful things? How do you acquire the feeling that taking math, that taking math classes are abodas Hashem, even when it really does not you like it yeah it's sort of like me in accounting school um it, the answer is it's because you, you have to stay focused on the bigger picture and the bigger picture is not this math class or this formula or anything that you're being taught currently it, it really is about the bigger picture so if they told you that in order to obtain your cpa you have to be able to do a thousand you know jumping jacks then you just smile and do jumping jacks because it's part of a bigger picture of you being able to support your family and support. I'm not, I, again, I don't even want to use the word support terror because it almost sounds like an esoteric thing, but like you're supporting your family, you're supporting the world, like you're supporting your, your world. Our book always says like there's learning tire and there's living tire. Like if your husband is able to have a Seder in the morning, and go to a job and have a balanced home and you're able to be a good wife and a good mother and he's able to be calm as a husband because you sat through this math class, then this math class is Kaidish Kadashim. Fits into the big picture of like your life. That's a balanced life. And saying to Helen is perhaps the wrong calling for you because you may be struggling later on in ways that you're not necessarily prepared for. I'm not saying everybody needs to take a math class. I'm saying if that's the path that you put yourself on because you believe that this is going to lead to you maximizing your life, then embrace the challenge that you have in front of you and say, I'm happy to be in this math class. I'm happy that I was accepted into this college. I'm happy that I'm passing the courses. I'm happy that I'm smart enough to stay in this course. When I took my, my accounting degree, they started with 30 people and they ended up with 20 people. They said about a third of you will not make it. And usually the way it works is that like in the first semester, that's when like, 
everyone's like dropping out like flies because they're just like i don't know what's flying over here and they realize like you guys just don't know what's going on this is just not for you you should become something else do not become accountants that's just that's just they know it they could see it right this is your calling for you guys for you guys it's just not your calling you need to do something else in your life and if you have this calling and this calling is leading you to a degree and leading you to a career and leading you to parnasa that's your life that's sipok that's real that's something that somebody should really try to embrace is anybody here? One second before we go on. Hey, you want to say something? Yeah? Great, great. Take the microphone. Take the microphone. Huh? Sometimes there's something that, let's say, you could really potentially do very well in, but you just have to push very hard. Let's say, for example, I'm a teacher. Yeah. So the first year teaching is like crazy a lot of times. And like, you could totally give up after the first year. Right. Or you could push on to the second time and have an amazing, amazing time doing it. Yeah. Like, how are you supposed to know like when you're supposed to keep trying at something or when it's right to give up? It's a it's a great question. I I I think every field is really different. I remember when I when I came back from Eric Israel to America. So the night before we came back, we sat with our rav till about three in the morning, and me and my wife, and he was sort of like sending us off with like a lot of like hadracha and like final thoughts and like things that were just like preparing us. Like we packed our physical suitcases, and here we were packing like our proverbial suitcases. And one of the things he told me was. He said, do not judge your job for the first year. And if you're like thinking of quitting, don't like make sure you don't even think about it for like two or three years. Okay. And then he said also that it's very rare for somebody to start their first job and stay there. And that will be their last job. Usually it's a stepping stone towards something else that when, when times were hard and when, you know, whatever class you think you're giving, nobody shows up and you're like, what am I doing here? You're like, I can't judge this because I need to give it a year. And I think that every field has their their time that you know what it is. I have a, a friend who went to, he went to become a lawyer. It was like his dream. He went through school, killed himself, passed the bar. Like literally, this was like his calling in life. And then he called us up and he said, do you have anywhere that I can go for an internship to become a lawyer. So we connected him with a very top law firm. He came in, unpaid internship, not being paid. And they said to him, here's your desk. Here's what you're going to do. Get to work. Okay. So it's like 9 a.m. He's working. He's working like a mishugana. It's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And he's like, nobody budged. Like nobody moved. Like lunch, nothing. And he sees people that are like eating sandwiches by their desk. They're just like working away. Right. And he like gets up, he's like like stretching his legs, like walking through the office. And, he, and people are like, can I help you? He's like, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And like he runs back to his desk and he's like working. And I got like five, six o'clock. Nobody budged. And he's like, nobody's like, there's nobody coming with like platters for supper. Like his brain didn't hop what it meant to become an attorney. And it was like seven o'clock. Keep in mind, he's not being paid. So like at like 7.45, 8 o'clock, he like stands up and he goes to like the main boss and he's like, yeah, it's like, it's like eight o'clock. Um, um, I think I'm going to go. Is that okay? And, uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow, like 9 a.m. He's like, yeah. By the way, you're not going to make it there. But he's like, you're not going to make it there. You want to show up tomorrow, you could, but you're not going to make it there. If like you think leaving at eight o'clock at night constitutes like working a full day, you, like you don't understand what it means to like work in this industry. <laughs> he's like, okay. He went home. He called us up. He said, please tell the guy I'm not coming back. And he is an Amazon seller. He sells on Amazon. True story. He was like, I, I didn't 
think this all through fully. Didn't know what the end goal was. Like I went through my life thinking this is it, but he's a licensed lawyer who sells on Amazon. So sometimes you just realize like I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe somebody realized after trying something, whether it's dancing on a table or driving a sick patient or something that this is not my calling in life. I think that everybody has their calling and you you find it when it gives you life. If in your second and third year of teaching, you're like, you're feeling it and you're connecting and you're not spending so much time on like, on like preparing your class because you already have it from last year and you're able to more enjoy your students and be there for them and see them smiling. And they're like, oh, you're such a great teacher. It's those moments that like, you know, like I'm in the right field, I'm doing the right thing. And I think that the beauty is, is that you, your, your life, like living life can be with your job. It could be in a way that you're putting a smile on people's faces. It could be that you're providing for your family. It could be that you're in school, but you know that the end goal is that you're providing. That is life. That is life. You're productive. That is not like wasted time. That's not like uh, you wasted eight hours and now you start life. No, life doesn't start after 5 p.m. It could also start before that if you're actually being productive. So, yeah, it's a very good point that you're bringing up. You don't always discover it. This guy discovered it on day one. Sometimes discovered it in year one and sometimes discovered a little bit longer. If it's not going, then don't try to live somebody else's life. That's, I think, the key. One more? One more. How can I be a better worker and more studious when I'm not inspired? Are you not inspired? So I, I think it's the same thing. If a person is in, is in the wrong field, meaning that they're in a field just because somebody told them they should be in the field, or if they're in a field because their family like pushed them into this field, then you're just sitting there and you know, getting, getting to 50%, like who wants to live a life where you're doing things at 50%? You want to live your life in a way that you're doing it right. And I think that the key to all of this is that Chaim was a masmid and he knew everything by heart. And the people who, who find their calling in whatever it is, it could be chesed, it could be being there for somebody else. Those people become really good at what they do because they throw themselves into it. If you're working for two, three hours and you're rolling in and you're rolling out and you're not really in it, your heart is not really in it, then maybe you should find something that you're calling is, is somewhere else maybe. And sometimes you need guidance on that. But I, I, would, I would say that it's not about finding the motivation. There's so many fields out there that I think somebody can find their field relatively easily. If you're, if you're in a field because you were pressured to be here or something like that, then you're not going to rise to the top of your field. I think that that the the road ahead of that person is going to be filled with a lot of disappointment. Their salaries are not going to increase because their productivity is not going to increase because their knowledge is not going to increase because they're not really in it. They're like half in it. You know what I'm saying? If you're only half in it, then you can only expect to get half of the result or or 2% of the result. It's when you start to like achieve a certain level that you're not like growing by 1%, 2%. You're growing at such an exponential value that you're actually seeing so much result come out of it. So if a person's just not finding it in that area, then they might be inclined to pivot into something that they really do throw themselves into. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.